Bulletin, the Louisia Institute welcomes progress towards voice to parliament as voice will improve health and well-being outcomes for First Nations people. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese to outline the state of Australia's national security in a key speech. And as your spy chief warns of an unprecedented threat with attempts to recruit journalists, judges and military veterans. Institute has welcomed the significant progress towards a referendum to be held later this year on constitutionally enshrined voice to parliament. Norwegia, Australia's only national Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community-controlled health research body, has long advocated for the full implementation of the Uluru Statement from the Heart's Calls for Voice, Treaty and Truth. The organization's chairperson, Selwyn Button, says the establishment of a voice to parliament would provide a strong foundation for the urgent work to improve health and well-being outcomes for First Nations people. The majority of, of people in community want to have a say on legislation and policy that affects them. The majority of Aboriginal Strait people have long talked about being involved in decision-making um, about policy and legislation that affects their lives. And going to a referendum at the end of the year uh, to insert that into the constitution provides a significant opportunity for our country to, to be involved in that process and to make some lasting change. Meanwhile, South Australia's Liberal opposition has declared it will oppose legislation to establish an Indigenous voice to the state's parliament. The bill is expected to become law with the help of crossbench MPs. An Aboriginal leader and CEO of the Federation of Victorian Traditional Owner Corporation, Paul Patton, is calling for increased support for initiatives working to reclaim and protect Indigenous languages. On the International Day of Mother Language, Mr. Patton said more work needs to be done to maintain and revive the diversity of Indigenous languages in Australia. While at least 150 Indigenous languages were spoken pre-colonisation, census data released in June last year found that only 167 of these languages are still spoken today. Mr. Patton says we need to recognise the significant contribution Aboriginal languages make to Australian society and act now in order to prevent further decline. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese will address the National Press Club today in Canberra where he is expected to endorse the AUKUS Alliance and flag possible further investment in Australia's Defence Force. It follows the handing down of the Defence Strategic Review Report last week, a six-month review completed by former Defence Force Chief Sir Angus Houston and former Defence Minister Stephen Smith, which assesses the capability of Australia's armed forces. Australia's AUKUS partnership with the United States and the United Kingdom is expected to feature heavily as anticipation grows for what the next steps will be and whether the PM will travel to the United States next month. An unclassified version of the report and the government's response to it is set to be released before the May budget. Australia's top intelligence official says a small but concerning number of former defence insiders are putting cash before country. 
Australian Security Intelligence Organization boss Mark Burgess revealed in his latest annual threat assessment his agency had been tracking veterans willing to sell their military training and expertise to foreign governments for several years. He warns foreign agents have attempted to recruit senior Australian journalists and potentially members of the judiciary. The issue came to public attention recently with media reports Western pilots had been approached by China to train its military. Mr. Bajes says Australia won't tolerate any foreign espionage. Based on what ASIO is seeing, more Australians are being targeted for espionage and foreign interference than at any time in Australia's history. More hostile foreign intelligence services, more spies, more targeting, more harm, more ASIO investigations, more ASIO disruptions. And from where I sit, it feels like hand-to-hand combat. A friend of one of the hostages taken at gunpoint in Papua New Guinea has described their heartbreak and anguish at the situation. It comes as an Australian professor and three people from the University of PNG were captured in the southern highlands with the criminals demanding a ransom for their safe release. Posting a message of support on social media, a friend of one of the hostages said their heart bleeds to not know how my beautiful and gentle friend and her colleagues are doing in the middle of the jungle. Russian President Vladimir Putin has announced that Russia has suspended the last nuclear arms treaty it has with the United States. In a State of the Union speech raging against Western powers, blaming them for the war in Ukraine, Mr. Putin delivered a clear nuclear warning against its enemies. The New START Treaty, which was agreed upon in 2010 and is due to expire in 2026, limited the amount of nuclear weapons the two superpowers could possess. Mr. Putin said Russia is not withdrawing completely from the pact, but has suspended its participation. They want to inflict a strategic defeat on us and try to get to our nuclear facilities. In this regard, I am forced to announce today that Russia is suspending its participation in the Strategic Offensive Arms Treaty. I repeat, we are not withdrawing from the pact, no, we are suspending our participation. The State of the Nation address comes ahead of the first anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on Friday. United States President Joe Biden has given a speech in Poland reaffirming his country's commitment to Europe as the war in Ukraine continues. It comes after Russian President Vladimir Putin delivered his own State of the Nation address warning that Russia is ready to resume nuclear weapons testing. Speaking from the gardens of Warsaw's Royal Castle, Mr. Biden said the democracy, the democracies of the world have grown stronger while the autocrats of the world have grown weaker. One year ago, the world was bracing for the fall of Kiev. Well, I've just come from a visit to Kiev, and I can report Kiev stands strong. <laughs> Kiev stands proud. It stands tall. And most important, it stands free. United Nations officials are working to provide aid in Turkey and Syria after eight people died in the latest earthquake to strike the border region between the two countries. The magnitude 6.4 quake was centered near the southern Turkish city of Antakya at a depth of 10 kilometers. It comes two weeks after an earthquake hit the region, killing nearly 50,000 people. The UN's Office of the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, Gada El-Tahir Mudawil, says right now the most needed needs 
the most needed items of food and cash. We are trying to provide humanitarian assistance for those who are most in need. Just to give you a bit of figures of what's happening, only yesterday from earthquake, we had 195 civilians who had been reportedly injured uh, from Aleppo and Idlib, according to the initial reports. And there are further damages that had been caused to buildings which had been affected by the uh, first two earthquakes. Australia is sending a band to Eurovision for the first time to represent the nation on the world stage at the spectacular song contest being held in Liverpool this year. West Australian pop metal group Voyager have been chosen after coming second in last year's public vote for a Eurovision contender known as Australia Decides. Emily Griggs is the head of delegation for Eurovision Australia and says the band will bring an 80s vibe and catchy lyrics in their music. Voyager has been entering song after song, year after year, and I just feel like this year is their year. This is their moment to shine. Look, they're going to bring something different that Australia has never um, entered before. So Australia, we've always had some incredible solo acts, and this year we're submitting a band, and I think just that alone is a huge difference. The Eurovision semi-finals are being held on May 9 and 11, with the grand final to be staged on May 13. Wild weather continues to grip large parts of the country, with crews battling a grass fire northeast of Melbourne near Floradale. An emergency warning has been issued, with residents told it's too late to leave and to seek shelter immediately. Elio bombers walked throughout the night with around 200 firefighters deployed to tackle the blaze. The fire broke out yesterday afternoon and was upgraded to an emergency level in the evening. Meanwhile, intense rainfall has battered large parts of Sydney with the city's northern beaches and north shore among the worst affected areas. The state emergency service responded to over 300 incidences of over incidences overnight with 12 flash flooding rescues conducted, mostly of people trapped in their cars. The state's central west city of Orange saw flash flooding and several homes and buildings in the central business district reportedly went without electricity overnight. The Bureau of Meteorology is predicting a 70% chance of further showers today. Elsewhere, South Australia is in the midst of a heat wave with a statewide code red issued which helps provide emergency accommodation for those sleeping rough in the state. It's expected to reach a top of 38 degrees in Adelaide. And to sport, NRL duo Latro Mitchell and uh, Jack Whiteon have pleaded not guilty to charges stemming to an alleged fight outside a Canberra nightclub. They faced the ACT magistrate's court on Wednesday but won't fight their charges until after the season with a three-day hearing slated for the 30th of October. Canberra 58th Whiteon is facing charges of fighting in a public place and falling to comply with an exclusion director. South Sydney fullback Mitchell is charged with resisting a territory public official, fighting in a public place and failing to, co- to comply with an exclusion direction.
And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, sunny 31, Perth, sunny 29, Adelaide, mostly sunny 38, Melbourne, sunny 29 degrees, Hobart, partly cloudy 22, Alperwodonga, partly cloudy 28 degrees, Canberra, also partly cloudy and 22 degrees, Wollongong, showers and 22, Sydney, showers as well, with a top of 24, Newcastle, similar conditions, with a 23 degrees, Brisbane, a shower or two and 30 degrees, Townsville, cloudy 20 Cairns showers and 30, Early Springs sunny 36, Darwin cloudy 31 degrees and the Torres Strait Islands a partly cloudy day and a top of 29 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.